Drive-by Cinema. Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun. Why, hello. Glad you could join us. It's Season 3, Episode 15 of Drive-by Cinema. I'm Rick, and this is my co-host, Paul. Howdy, partners. Welcome. Paul. Oh. Corrections and omissions. Oh, Christ, here we go. You always say I that. I do. I but, do. But it's not always, it's not always you that got things wrong. I say it so you don't have to. But, Paul, yeah, go on. I think it was two episodes ago. It was two episodes ago. That Sergeant Pepper you got, taught the band to play. You got very excited. I often do. Although not necessarily about, on, the, on, the, on the podcast itself. About a TV channel that you oh, had been few, watching. Not Underage Dwarves. And you, uh, sorry, you go on. so excited about this TV channel that during the podcast, you got up and left blaze. your recording post. Yes, Blaze. I wasn't excited. Went, I was excited to tell you. Ran over, you ran over to the television. Yeah, yeah. You turned yeah. it on. Obviously, yeah. you had to wait five yeah. minutes for it to warm up because it's an old CRT, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. From the 1980s. Okay. And well, shame, but <laughs> as soon as it came on, you found, you said, it Blaze, yeah. you said, and Blaze plus one. Yeah. And that all on free suggestion. Because that's all I got. That, that led me to think that it might be that you don't know, you don't understand the relationship between Blaze and Blaze plus one. Or I do. It's an any, hour behind. Any cable channel. It's, it's just an hour behind, yeah. Paul. Some of them don't have I just one. imagined. I just imagined that you were, like, watching Blaze <laughs> Plus One going, channel. this is familiar. <laughs> I'm sure I've just watched something. It's like deja vu I'm having. I oh, know, the end of this. <laughs> well, some of them don't have it. Like, BBC doesn't have BBC Plus One. No, that's right. It's only certain cable so, channels yeah, that, as, as we would say. Might point out it has the watch an hour later... Viewing capability, okay. Slightly time-shifted television opportunity. Presumably it's so that if you come in from the pub halfway through, yeah. you can immediately switch over to the Plus One channel and pick up the beginning of the same programme. I can only imagine that's why it's there. I guess that's why it's there on all of them, isn't it? I mean, it seems to be like on E4 or, or the Channel 4 amalgam, it's. I mean, often they have now descended into just doing eight hours of whatever sitcom a day, haven't they? So, <laughs> which is better than BBC Four, because all BBC Four does now is top of the pops from 1991, 1992 and 1993. It's strange, you know, it's supposed to be intellectuals channel, isn't it, BBC Four? So Anyway, I did watch some TV on Blaze, some... Cryptid paranormal. Was stuff. there more paranormal stuff on there? When I went on the last time, it wasn't. It was more like cop, you know, cop shows, and you know, let's watch people uh, go down motorways for an hour. Right, maybe I was watching. There was something on Netflix that Netflix decided to put on my front page. I think something ancient apocalypse, Whoa. which is Graham Hancock. Have you heard of this guy? No, he's a like a dissident historian archaeologist. He well, as he says, whenever he does one of these shows, he's not an archaeologist. He's a journalist, and he thinks he's discovered evidence of some lost civilization of humans that lived in a period that no other archaeologist or historian thinks humans. That isn't Atlantis. It, well, he probably does believe in Atlantis as well. He's that's exactly up his street. But yeah, you know, he's a bit strange. Just slightly wild-eyed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But entertainingly so. 
I think some people have a very strange idea of how science works and how, you know, archaeology and history works. Although in certain cases, people have made advances by going against the received wisdom. They generally, like Galileo, for instance, mm -hmm. he was going against the social and religious norms of the time, but not against the scientific ones. No, he wasn't ignoring evidence. evidence. No, no. Exactly. He was following the evidence. I guess Graham Hancock would say the same thing. That's the problem. But he thinks that the very fact that all of the archaeologists say he's wrong is kind of further evidence that he, you know, he, he's fighting against hegemony. And, he, you know, it, it strengthens his belief that he must be right, I think. Can I just say, uh, some people pronounce the hegemony hegemony, and some people pronounce it hegemony. Okay. I don't have no problem with that, but I do have a problem with people pronouncing hyperbole correctly. I think you should just pronounce it hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah. Why not? Because we say hyperbolic, don't we? And we say Super Bowl <laughs> instead of instead of Superb Owl, which is my preferred pronunciation. That's a fair point. Yeah. Where were we? I don't. But know. listen, watching these TV programs yeah. about the paranormal and you know dissident archaeology and all of this kind of stuff, and listening to podcasts about the same subjects, Paul, I've discovered something which. Honestly, might mark me out as a bit of a conspiracy theorist myself. What's wrong with that? I mean, conspiracies do exist. Hear me out, Paul. Yeah. Time and again, you hear the same person oh, in connection with me. Time and again, you interrupt me. Come on, sorry, Richard. Go on. <laughs> I thought it was about to be. Time and again, you hear the same person mentioned. The same name crops up again and again. It doesn't matter whether they're talking about UFOs or about uh, you know ancient. Uh, aliens or cryptids or Bigfoot or all these kind of things, crop circles, everything. Yeah. It's always the same woman mentioned. Who? Oh, God, here we Very go. rarely do they go into details <laughs> about it. I don't... How... Seven minutes to set up this joke, everybody. Come on, Richard, get a move on. <laughs> how can she <laughs> crop up again and again? Yeah, go on. But they never drill into it. They never really go and find out who she is. So I've got to ask you, Paul, who is Anomalous? <laughs> again and again, she's mentioned. Okay. Why? Okay. I like Redding. Okay. What was the other one about the Greek, the Greek philosopher? Plato, the great Greek philosopher Plato. Oh, Plato. Yeah. Redding, Plato, and now Anomalous. Okay, thank you for that. Hey, so what just in reference to yeah, just in, well, I'm trying to you know you don't seem to collect your pills of wisdom, do you? Okay, I'm obviously more anal than you are. I'm doing it on your behalf, Richard. So yeah, so Blaze, so it's all paranormal. But were there any cop shows? Because what I like is you know instead of watching patrol cars down the motorway for sixty minutes, now there's a whole there's a whole channel. I don't know what it's called. It's like ambulances down the motorway for sixty minutes, fire engines down the road for sixty minutes. Uh, <laughs> recovery vehicles down the road for 60 minutes. I mean, there's a whole universe of watching cars and cars being dealt with in various situations. It sounds very relaxing. For 60 minutes, yeah. You could place bets. Cause don't they have numbers on the top, ambulances and police cars? Because you could place a bet on the next number to come past. Couldn't you? you could. Stand on a motorway bridge and watch. None of which relates to what we're talking about or should be talking about today. So, Oh, that means it's going to be some music. Yeah. Now, Paul, mm -hmm. it might be some time since you watched this film. So I'm going to ask you, in anticipation of you failing, what was the name Wait of this minute. film? Now, before I get that, you, last week you said, oh, um, let's cue some horror. 
here comes the music. Was that was that a specific dig at my music, Richard, last week or not? <laughs> uh, Paul, I'm a big fan. You can be sarcastic and nasty if you want to. Just you know, I'm just no, no. Okay, right. Well, uh, this movie that we're talking about apparently is called Cam, C A M. I'm guessing that's short for camera or Cam Girls. Cam Girls, yeah. 2018. Low budget, just one million dollars budget. Okay, and mercifully, or not mercifully, short depending on how you felt about it. Oh, just ninety five minutes long. Now, Richard, you suggested this. Had you watched it before, or was it new to you? I hadn't oh. watched it before, no. A good portion of this film was filmed on somebody's webcam, basically, wasn't it? No wonder they kept the cost yeah. down. Yeah. A lot A lot of it was actually chat messages underneath a webcam, a web girl's kind of live show. Yes. Yeah. With emoticons, or emojis, or whatever you want to call them. Modern filmmakers have had to grapple with the whole... Internet chat. Online existence, yeah. Text chat, SMS chat thing, haven't they? Because it's how we communicate these days. It's how we live, particularly mid-COVID and post-COVID. In the past, in films and TV and stuff, they had to uh, they had to put like letter writing on screen. Or the phone call. The equivalent, wouldn't it? Or the phone call, yeah. And of course, TV and movie phone calls are different from normal phone calls. Because people immediately answer without figuring out who's on the end. They all seem to know automatically. And they never say goodbye, do they? They just transact their business and put the phone down straight away. Famously so. Nobody ever says goodbye in films. But here we're in web chat mode. And uh, it's some sort of little messenger bulletin board thing underneath underneath the main focus of this movie, which is girls performing for webcam or, you know, web shows. You say that like you've never used a cam service, Paul. I haven't, really, no. You've ne- never used one? Well, obviously, I've clicked on them, you know, people near you kind of thing, and then it's people in their nuddies. Or, people near you? <laughs> you know, people near you kind oh, of thing. It's people in their nuddies oh, or people in their undies kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and then, when I lived abroad, I was on a... Social and you were obviously were a cam. No, a cam I was uh, on a social and dating app because it's another country, and so <laughs> therefore the social and dating side are kind of mixed together in, in rather a unpleasant concoction. And the, they were quite early in terms of live stream and competitive live stream, where like they'll put one live stream against another live streamer, and both of their watchers have to vote them up or down and give them points. It was like a, a competition Ooh. kind of thing. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, and it made for good watching but it also made for quite a lot of competitive nudity as well so it wasn't really it was more of a social app but it did kind of organically evolve into essentially what were what were web shows yeah yeah i think i was quite an early adopter or not adopter i don't want to say adopter an early user of online sex cam services Mm -hmm. this is way back when the internet wasn't really a thing people had much in their houses which was definitely dial-up well, I mean, my concern would be, you know, giving your credit card details to those kind of people. Exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not against using the service. I mean, these. No, no, no. Look, in those days, right? Porn providers are always really, um, what's the word? Uh, pioneering users of technology, mm-hmm. aren't they? And this is before it was commonplace to do any kind of e-commerce. Really, you know, this was the only e-commerce on the internet, I think. It was the ability to pay for time on a webcam service. And textbooks it was the only from Amazon, thing I'd, maybe. It was the only thing I'd ever seen. 
I don't think Amazon was around at this mm. point. If it was, it was barely used or barely known. I don't think eBay was around. This was the first time I'd ever seen anyone ask for a credit card uh, on the. Did internet. you do it? I did because I was young, a young man. I was horny and curious. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and Richard might have had enough money to have like a dummy, like, get a second or third or fourth credit card that you know he could just put like a hundred dollar limit on, and you knew it would be safe. Is that what you did, or did you just use your? Room? No, I, I just used my oh, credit gosh. card, but I was aware <laughs> oh, that. God. No, but you know it has a credit limit, so I knew that at the most you could lose three thousand. Any, any loss yeah. would be limited. Yeah, yeah. And my limit was nowhere near that that high at the time. I was still, I was still quite young. I didn't do it very much because. I'm too tight, basically. No, I'm acutely aware. <laughs> like any kind of sexual service like this, I'm acutely aware that um, it, I feel quite exploited, you know, because I'm not really thinking straight. You know, I'm thinking with my hormones, aren't I? So I'm always, I always know that I, sh- I should be very careful about, you know, how much I spend or how much time I'm spending in any of these, like, sexually charged transactional circumstances. So I didn't spend very long on it. I was very... Um, conservative with my uh, the time spent, but I, w- I wanted to try it. You know, it, it was early days in the internet. Though, well, you didn't get a very high quality image. You know, it was quite grainy. Well, you, but you it know, was live chat. You know, live video. I mean, you could put requests in that dude. kind of thing. I mean, I've been on there. You know, when you click on that on those banners kind of thing. But these days, they're all naked anyway. You know, I mean, like when I went on, they're just naked and doing stuff. I mean, the th- thing you're going on there is to pay to chat to them kind of thing, and then there's some sort of level of interactivity, yeah. You pay for the interaction. And so I wasn't really, you know, that's that's the only reason I'd gone there, because I wasn't prepared to sacrifice my credit security. I didn't do it, you know. Because otherwise, I think you're just watching live porn, really, aren't you? So I don't really see the attraction of that. Um, so, yeah, I've never really done it in earnest. But that whole thing that you described, the fear of putting your credit card on an online service, especially an online service doing something which you're not quite sure is completely legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that really spawned like a rush towards alternative payment mechanisms online. Again, this is before PayPal, or if PayPal existed, nobody knew about it. But I remember I remember around that time, there was something called eCash, I think. Wow, I don't remember that. Where you bought, again, you had to put your credit card or some payment mechanism in, but you bought these e-cash tokens and you kept them in a digital wallet. Whoa. And that was an obvious use for that was to be able to buy like online sex services because you didn't have, you know, you weren't risking your credit card details somewhere. So, but yeah, real, I mean, all, porn has always been a driver of this kind of stuff, hasn't it? It's always been, uh, you know, VHS, cinema itself. Photography, all of those things, porn was there in the very earliest days. In Cam, this movie, we're going to follow Lola, the Cam girl. Mm-hmm. Was it Lola Lola? Anyway, it was Lola Lola, yeah. yeah. Bit redundant, a bit tautological, isn't it? And we see her doing her show, which is... Kind of lame. You know, <laughs> I don't think it is. Well, I mean, it's imaginative. It's imaginative, uh, but it's kind of vanilla and kind of softcore. Well, um, sexually, yes, but she's doing it to shock, isn't she? She's got a sort of shock value yes. thing. Yes, it's, it's very intelligently done, I'll admit that. There's a guy in the chat who asks her to use a knife, and she pulls out a knife. He's a shill. He's, he is a shill. She's encouraging him to do it. And after a bit of to and fro and kind of teasing, 
She then goes to cut her throat. Yeah. There's a load of blood. She's worked the crowd really well. She's got them on, on to, you know, egging her on and that kind of thing. So they're all really invested and giving her tokens kind of thing. But of course it was a fake. And it was a fake blood and a fake thing. A little pouch. Like a prosthetic a little skin, skin colour pouch she put on her neck kind of thing or whatever. Very cleverly done. After the show, she chats to one of her regulars, Tinkerboy, and another guy called Barnacle Bob. <laughs> and she's... A lot of what Cam is doing is exploring the nature of the parasocial relationships that, mm-hmm. you know, Cam viewers have with the Cam girl operators. She has three rules. It's three rules. Yeah. Don't fake her orgasm. Okay. Don't say you love them. And something else. Like never lie or something. Or I can't remember. But she has three rules of genuineness. I think maybe it's a reaction to the fact that she's essentially extracting money in in a codependent, in a codependent or kind of parasitic, uh, mutually parasitic sort of environment, isn't it? Okay, it's, I, we couldn't term these healthy relationships, could we? I mean, the word that gets used these days is simp, right? Simp, For yeah, yeah. These kind of punters. The kind of people who buy Belle Delphine's bathwater. And there's not a lot of sympathy for them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think, like... More and more on like the social medias these days. Like if we're looking at Thai bar girls and their marriages to often older, well-off or relatively, you know, middle-class or upper-middle-class white guys who are looking for a younger wife, there's a lot of sympathy for their situation. But if we look at the potential levels of exploitation, I'm not sure there's that much difference, really, is there? Hmm. I, mean, I certainly think. You know, quite often we're talking about men who are lonely, yeah. what, starved of social interaction, full stop, but certainly of any sexual, sexual affection. Yeah. So, yeah. Or even sexual activity, never mind sexual affection. Mm-hmm. So they're vulnerable, you know. Uh, whether they're, I mean, it's a moral position to say what they're doing is right or wrong. It's a moral position to say that they are more in control of doing that right or wrong, if you believe it's wrong, than what the cam girl is doing. Yeah. So there's kind of a judgment and weigh down, I, I feel typically when we're looking at situations where they kind of weigh down heavier against the user as almost as if, you know, they're, they're curb crawlers kind of thing. And that's not really the situation here, is it? You know, there's often wild generalisations about who is and is not being yes. exploited in these relationships. And it's not clear, is it, necessarily? It isn't clear quite often. It isn't clear. So we get some... Expo- I, I think we get hints of that, by the way. She's, you know, playing with their minds uh, simply quite, because, yeah. as we find out later, she is, you know, just dead set on improving her ranking on 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 the platform. She wants to get That's the top right, yeah. 50, is that right? That's her first name. Exactly. Her first milestone is to get within the top 50. You know, she she also knows something quite important about, though, about sort of internet subscription services of any kind, which is that there are a small number of whales who will pay large quantities of money. And then there are many, many other normal users who are not paying anything or very little. Now, in terms of modern nightclub theory... Did you know that most modern nightclubs are designed to bring in the whale? That if you're there, you know, having paid you £10 or £5, they don't actually really make a profit out of you. They might make a loss. You're just there to provide a busy atmosphere that convinces the whale that they're in the right place, that the vibe is right. 
And the whale is the guy getting a private table and getting bottles of champagne. Yeah, and whatever. Chris, Chris, Cristal? Cristal. Cristal, the expensive yeah. champagne, you know. I mean, if you think yeah, about yeah, it, a few bottles yeah. of that, you know, uh, will probably pay for most of the punter's door, you know, entrance, entrance fees and that kind of thing. So, so maybe there is some truth in that in terms of Weber goods. I think the Weber good is, is the term here, isn't it? Where perceived value is. Veblen, isn't it? Veblen, Veblen or something goods. like that. I can't remember. Vebler or Veblen. I think you're right. Yeah. Where perceived value is related to the actual monetary value associated with things kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so they just yeah. have to create an atmosphere where he's convinced that the price is right for the experience he's got and it's kind of self-perpetuating at that point isn't it and once he turns up then hangers on will turn up and then you've got the vibe and then you've got the Miami Miami nightclub kind of scene kind of thing which is all based on who's going where isn't it I mean she's planning a date with one of her punters right yeah Humpty Dumpster oh, she's portrayed as being very naive isn't she I don't I don't know She kind. I think she kind of knows what she's doing doesn't she I mean she is caught up in the the politics and and the competitiveness of the cam site, mm. and but you know presumably there's a financial reward for doing so. I just I, I I couldn't quite buy all this. I couldn't quite buy the fact she was so keen on the rankings, uh, but not on the monetary value. And the rankings the rankings don't mean anything. But maybe the rankings do. There's a bonus maybe for being number one. Because obviously if you're closer to the top of the rankings, you're presumably put at the top of the links to click the on. algorithm so yeah, you know, whatever it's called the presumably this algorithm doesn't try and balance everyone's audience no it's not the NFL equitably yeah. but <laughs> uh, we've talked about that like the ultimate state socialism of the NFL socialism of the yeah. NFL yeah uh, so <laughs> which is so weird now the number one girl is baby girl baby girl yeah we don't see for a while, no. but we do eventually. And her mum doesn't know what she does. She's a hairdresser, the mum. That's right. Relatively successful, right. you know, she's got her own salon, maybe employing three or four people. She's got a younger brother who's kind of like, I don't know. Jordan. Your standard kind of slightly taciturn teenage boy. But he does know what she does. And so do his friends. Oh, yeah, they do. Like, Well, they find Later out, on, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. During the party. She's agreeing to meet some guys. I think she agrees to meet another guy as well. You see her doing another uh, innovative camsash where she eats a steak dinner. I quite enjoyed this one. Apparently, I don't know, have you been on Facebook, you know, whatever the Facebook video is called these days, if it's still there, if it hasn't gone bust, and the TikTok, is that the the YouTube, YouTube yeah. shorts, uh, yeah. where there's people like doing these ridiculous things with cakes where they're going to put hundreds of thousands and lots of gloop on cakes but they spend about 12 minutes one to get the, the the watch out watch minutes in but they do weird things with their hands that's very sensual with the gloopy stuff before they pour it and apparently <laughs> they get millions of views of you know lots of people saying you know I've just wasted three minutes of my life but apparently there's there's a fetish involved around the messy the food. messiness and splosh, I think it's called, isn't it? That's that's the the Google search you want to the do. Sensual <laughs> wetness <laughs> of food. Yeah. Now this wasn't that, but what she did was really good because you know, I mean, there was a parent or quasi-sexual aspect to what she was doing. That is well, they're asking her to eat there. the steak with her hands. Yes. Aren't they? Pick it up, eat it with your hands. And she's going. Oh no, I can't do that. So what? I, what I thought was like, what I didn't really buy was I thought at that point that level of coquettish naivety would have been very affected from her but the only way it portrayed was that, that was who she really was like that innocent and that not willing to do stuff and I, I didn't really 
For me, it would have been more interesting to explore the dichotomy and the eventual schism between her online personality and her like real personality, if you like. And I don't think the film ever really got that in any kind of way. Well, she reaches rank 50 by eating a steak with her hands. Very well as well. It was a good show. But we see Not another camera. Not just for horniness. I think just watching somebody eat a steak, she did it well in that sense too. It was a great, muk, what they call mukbang? I don't know what the to career. Mukbang. Mukbang, mukbang is Korean the uh, watching... It was just good mukbang, stuff. actually, as well as, you know, as being saucy mukbang. So. <laughs> but is mukbang supposed to be saucy? I don't, I don't know about that. I think it could be for some people, couldn't it? I'm sure it is for some people, obviously, yeah. But I think it's relatively innocent. Because uh, isn't, isn't it about a relatively slight, slightly built girl trying to eat about little big, people eating big, big, big yeah, meals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another camera on the same website who now starts rewarding viewers if Lola's <laughs> rank drops, which is quite unpleasant, isn't it? Is. So, but that's a bullying workplace environment. Innovative, nonetheless. <laughs> She's clearly being stalked by one or many, but one of her punters in particular, this Tinkerboy guy, who's calling her regularly. We, she also, at this point, agrees to do a double show with her friend Fox. Yeah. A cam girlfriend that she discusses. And it's going to be the buzzy, buzzy thing you put on your clitoris. I don't know what it's called. A vibra, vibra. What, a vibrator? No, it's a, a, like an electric stimulus thing. What? Oh, ah, that, yeah. That well, that's a bit later. Oh, sorry. But you're right. You're right. You're right. No, but this is, the interesting thing is, this is going to happen in like the cam girl clubhouse. What was that, that about? This I found a little well, less believable. No. You know. No, this is, Absolutely, this is true, right? So she's working from her own home, yeah. which presumably she pays for through her cam girl earnings, because that is a job. But it is true that a lot of the cam models work in these, like, multi-room houses. Chicken coops. Like, I suppose. Is that the name? I don't know, but it's like Batterham farming, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, there'll be multiple bedrooms with separate cams with a bed and, you know, fancy lighting and neon and stuff. And each one will have a cam set up with, you know, a keyboard and a computer and stuff. So these are staffed by, you know, several models and they do it in shifts. And so, you you, you know, if you go to any campsite, you'll see the same rooms ah, in the background of right. different models because okay. they're working for one in one of these, whatever you want to call I don't know what the word for them is, clubhouse, if you like. That's where she's going. This seems to be more more of a casual drop-in kind of clubhouse with a bar, doesn't it? That's what I didn't buy, you know. It's usually like, you know, like some cheap apartment in some some country where the rent's cheap, where people are flown out on, you know, Ryanair. And and it's... Sure. This was more like, you know, the the executive-level club that the the better cam girls could get access to kind of thing. I didn't really know what was going on there. But you're right. Yeah, she's with her friend... A control show, apparently they call it. Oh. She's going to ride the Sibian, the Sibian. I don't think they use that name, but that's what they mean. They describe it as sitting astride this thing. Now, th- this is a very famous vibrator, uh-huh. right? It's got a name for itself. Electrical impulses, is it? Or? No, it's ah. just a very... P- it, it, you sit on it, right? It's like a little semicircular thing that you can sit astride, as it were. And it has an attachment on the top, which can be used to be inserted or just apply to your, you know, genitals. Mm. It's got a separate control box on a on a on a cord, <laughs> and you can obviously adjust the 
you know, um, sort of kind of vibration and the speed of the vibration, the strength of the vibration. I see. Now, it got a name for itself because obviously it was used in porn videos and stuff, but particularly Howard Stern, the shock jock guy, would get porn actresses onto his show <laughs> to ride the dildo, the dildo, to ride the Sibian live. I should disapprove of that, you know, because that obviously is wrong, but I, I, it's quite funny at the same time, isn't it? How do we end up in a world where, in, in one of the most puritanical and prudish nations in the world, you know, where <laughs> they don't like, they will not let you show ladies' tits on television. <laughs> But on Howard Stern's cable show or internet, you know, stream, you could watch, you know, girls ride a powerful vibrator whilst he controls the knobs. <laughs> How does that come about? I, just, you know, I suppose shock jock really can only be shocking in a kind of prudish country, right? I suppose yeah, that's the, yeah. the key to it all. Um, but they say uh, about this Sibian, they mention this rumour that... You know, if you ride it too long or too much, it will destroy the sensitivity in your in your That's genitals and right, yeah. your nerve endings. Yeah. It will it will ruin your clit, kind of thing. Which I thought was an interesting claim to make, and one which I had to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> what what findings do you have to bring to us, Richard? I think it's a bit of an urban legend, ah. right? I mean, obviously, if a vibration is so strong. That it's going to do damage. It's probably going to be too uncomfortable for yes. you to really sit yeah, on. Painful wound. And it is true that you know you, there might be temporary loss of sensation after a particularly heavy or long session, but it will return. Vibration can damage you, right? I mean, guys who use jackhammers can get conditions really? from the vibration. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Is it called white fingers. No, wow. But we're t- you know that's very extreme, right? We're talking about. Very high energy, high intensity vibrations, and yeah, I just don't think uh, yeah, if you're not jackhammering a, an asphalt like road, <laughs> I, I think if you're using it for sexual pleasure, there'll probably be a very natural kind of uh, you know safety valve of that. You know, the point at which you just like give up and get off it would would be well within your tolerance of these kind of things. Yeah, I think that's a bit of an urban legend. But it's it's a nice story, isn't it? Sorry, I was just I'm just trying to get my head around the idea of. I think most people these days would accept that pornography can be made, and that either men or women in it aren't necessarily being degraded by doing that. But then it's that bit, you know, when we have light entertainment shows, we have lots of naked people there for titillation. That's disrespectful, or that's humiliating. Uh, or that's demeaning. And I'm just interested to know where that line and how that line is drawn between the intention of a programme and... So if it's pornography, then, you know, pornographic actions can occur. But then, you know, just uh, tasseled, titted, brazen nakedness, nakedness in a light entertainment show is degrading. And I can see why it is, but I'm just, I, I just don't know where the line is drawn around that kind of thing. Because I think Howard Stern is occupying middle ground there, isn't he, really? Like it is, a, he's straddling it. It's a general entertainment <laughs> show, but obviously he's got a special section where he's just about you know watching people or listening to people orgasm kind of thing. So it's not really about here are some people to turn the wheel of fortune whilst they have no bra on kind of thing. It's kind of like 
it's right in the middle there. I don't know how you come on down either side to say what he's doing is or isn't demeaning. Was it called... Was the channel called Live TV? I don't know. Where they had naked newsreaders? Yeah. Or topless news? Or the Italian, what's the Italian Prime Minister called? You know, Ber- Berlusconi, you know. His, Berlusconi. his channels were full of this, weren't they? You know, top topless <laughs> sort of quiz shows and that kind of thing. Um, and I think it takes a certain perspective to be really annoyed by it. And it's, it takes a certain perspective to say, well, that's perfectly okay. I mean, I think it is damaging to, you know, to put women in sexualized positions in a context and an intention that isn't about sex. I mean, I think most people could agree on that. But it's just interesting where that line, how that line and where that line should be drawn, I think, generally speaking. Now, at this point in the film, this is the point in the Ooh, podcast where yes. I say at this point. Yeah. Things this start to go things wrong. To yeah, go yeah, wrong. awry, yeah. definitely. Because next day, Lola, what's her real name? I don't. Did I write it down? Madeline. Madeline Brewer. Madeline. She discovers that her Oh, you mean her actor's been... name is Madeline. No, her real name in the film is Alice. Sorry. Alice discovers that her account is hacked. hacked. Would you believe? She's online. She can see, like, her channel she is online. She baby straight off, doesn't she? The number one. But possibly with a recorded show? Yeah. So straight away, she calls support and they escalate. And she's it. looking back through her calendar to work out when she was doing what, what's being on the recorded show kind of thing. Then she goes and logs in and as, as another account like a sock puppet account kind of yep. thing. And she goes on to chat to see what's happening, but she gets banned kind of straight away almost. So she creates another new account and says hi to this other cam girl who speaks back to her, which is really weird because obviously it's not her, but it's using her account and there's video of her maybe. Or that's, how could How could that happen? It's kind of creepy, isn't it? So she suspects, first of all, Princess, or I think was the girl who was trying to get people to downvote her or, you know. Yeah, it's like her arch enemy, isn't it? I think it's then that her brother Jordan's birthday party comes up, or about this point. Is that right? Well, she tries to get some of her friends to test tipping the model, don't they? Yeah. They try and figure out what's going on. Tink, Tinker Boy, or whatever she's called, shows up with flowers for her, I think, at the uh, her mum's shop. Ah. So, you know, he's escalating his stalking intensity, isn't he? And she tries to create a new performer account on the website. But because her credit card and ID details are already on file, it won't accept a new... That's right, yeah. So there's no way she can go on there and say, look, I'm the real one, and that girl there ain't. So she's kind of locked out from her own online identity, isn't she? She's had her identity stolen in a really, you know, stark way. Identity theft is is a really frightening issue, isn't it? Now, it is her brother's birthday, okay? And this is when it all comes out that, uh, I don't know how his friends are watching her live show, but they are. That's right. They've found her cam girl channel. And they're giggling. And they yeah. think that they're watching her because it looks exactly like her, but we know that it's not her because she's at her brother's birthday party. You know, so she can't possibly be live online. And somehow the phone's stripped from one of them and mum finds out and holds the phone and is absolutely flabbergasted. Because she'd told her mum that she was a web developer. Well, some <laughs> truth in that, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. She's developing content. Content yeah. creator. Lola 2, as it were, the fake Lola, is doing a convincing and imaginative 1980s aerobic scene. Yes. But it leads to her putting on a fake horror show, is that right? She pulls a gun out... And she licks it and sucks it seductively and loads it, then puts the gun in her mouth. 
and stages a and suicide. Those are brains out. Alice Lola like, just freaks yeah. out about this. Uh, I wasn't really sure that you freak out or watching somebody else who you know isn't you pretend to die. Doing your own trick, which is pretending yeah. to die. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure you freak out that much because you do your own tricks anyway, kind of thing. So, but she does. She freaks out and uh, she calls the police, who kind of like try it on with her because they realise that she's working in the sex industry. Yeah, there's a really creepy cop dude who's very salacious about it, isn't it? Isn't there? And out they go into the big dark of night and she realises she's a big, big girl in a big, big world and all alone and it's all her own problem kind of thing. Now, she tries to speak with Baby about it, but she hears a line that she's used herself before. Burn my house down so firemen will come. <laughs> it's kind of sick. That freaks her out even more, obviously, because, you know, it's regurgitating lines she actually uses whoa oh. so the fake lola's gonna do in a show with the number one girl baby girl yeah that's right yeah uh, she finds a bunch of her old shows as downloadable videos doesn't yeah. she? i think this is trying to give you a clue as to how they're doing it which is i've got to come clean here and spoil this movie a bit which is never really explains how this no, is achieved, it doesn't does it? explain it at all but i think we are led to Sort of led to the conclusion. I didn't, I didn't come to any conclusion, Richard. Spoil it for me all you want to, because I just got no idea about what's, what's what's going on here at the end. On one level, you know, maybe it is some kind of paranormal thing, supernatural thing. But really, you could do this with deep fakes, couldn't you? Yeah. She, there's loads of video out there of her that they can process. They can do AI post processing on stuff, do deep fake stuff with another girl. They have very similar technique and technology for voices, so they can get all of the spoken bits, all of the the, the soundtrack for all the videos, put it into this okay, AI yeah. system. Okay, yes. The is why? Can... Why do this? She was only like number twenty nine on the, the, the you know the top fifty anyway. I mean, she was no threat to anybody. So why would anybody want to do this? Well, they say that in the film, don't they? That, that she's not not the top one. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't they go after Baby? So you'd only do this to, you know, torment her, basically. You know, take if you took particular pleasure out of tormenting somebody. But then you'd think, why would you go and do it this way? Why would you go to mm. this technological length or this paranormal length to to pursue and torment somebody when you could do it so much more easily? She goes to meet one of her punters, Bob, who takes her to a Mexican restaurant. Oh, God, yeah. Which is classy. She finds out by chatting to him that Babe lives in Georgia. Very cleverly. I'm not sure how she does it. She's got like, what did she say? She's too, well, he's obviously met Babe yeah. as well, hasn't he? But how does, he, how does she find so out the whole town? Did she say, oh, I've been there too? I don't know what she says. but I think he shows a picture of him with Babe. And he must have talked about Georgia. And she identifies like a shop or a That's restaurant. Right, yeah. In the background. So she's about to head out of there and get to Babe's yeah. apartment. She goes online and sees herself on the channel. And Bob gets mad because he assumes that she must be a scammer because she's obviously not the real Lola oh. that's on, on channel because she's live. And that's when he decides to attack her in the bathroom. That's right. And she escapes, doesn't she? She goes back home and she tracks she tracks down Baby. Um, she looks her up. She, I think she finds a girl who's now dead. Yeah, her name is Hannah in Darn. The library. Yeah. So maybe Baby is made up all along, right? Wow. So maybe the number one camera has been replaced by Doppelganger too. Yeah. You said that they would go over the top one. Well, maybe they have done Paul. 
Wow. So then she comes to a realisation. She goes through all the girls who she thinks are doppelgangers. Then she guesses right. And they all have Arnold as their best friend. And I didn't really see where that went. She sees on one of the videos Lola 2, the doppelganger, going through her house at a different angle. While she's in the house, I think, she's freaked out by that. So she goes to her mum's house. She's sort of telling the, her mum that that person is not me. And her mum goes, yeah, I get it. You know, it's a different, you know, it's a different persona. I understand that it's performance. So, she, you know, she just doesn't get what Lola's trying to, or Alice is trying to tell her about the situation. So I don't know. Yeah, sorry, come on. Are you, are you lost in the plot? Yeah, that's why, that's why I kind of left the movie and the plot moved ahead and I didn't. So I just kind of stood there with my baggage at the, at the roadside kind of thing, waiting to pick up again. I never really picked up. I never really got on another bus towards the end of the movie. So, Well, she, she goes to see Tinkerboy because she figures out that he may be connected to a lot of this. Right. She takes a taser in her back pocket, doesn't she? And he promises to help her, but that she has to stay over with him. He sleeps on a chair. She wakes up to him in the middle of the night to find him jerking off on the toilet, watching Lola too, the doppelganger on her channel. <laughs> so she's furious about this and zaps him with the taser, which should be yeah, either pleasurable or, or harsh, depending on your opinion, wouldn't it? But he says... That it's on all the campsites, and that he can usually tell when a girl is going to be copied. Whoa. Okay. She goes cam to cam with Lo- with Lola too, doesn't she? Yeah, with a weird kind of like kaleidoscope of mirrors behind her, so that she's copies of herself. And that, that's at right. this point, I thought, well, it's gone metaphorical. We're not going to get some sort of real answer to the plot here. Well, I guess she's also having a bit of an identity crisis, like a psychotic break of some kind, isn't she? She sets up her screen opposite a mirror, gets a private show with Lola too, gets her to sit at a vanity with a mirror, and they go on public so that everyone can see that there are two of them. You can, you can see in the mirror what's on but the screen. But everyone's like, wow, great special effects, Lola. So it does, that doesn't work. So then she enters into sort of Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin she promises a game. Yeah. Monkey see, monkey do game. Yeah, you've got to copy. We've got to copy each other. Whoever loses has to give up their account or something. Yeah. Some devil's bargain. What she does at this point, she, she escalates and starts hurting herself. And at one point, she slams her face on the desk. This is supposed to be the big part so of the movie hard. where they, they really rigged up her broken nose to look awful. That's right. She, she breaks her nose on the desk, gets a bloody nose. And Lola, too, looks back. And there's this kind of a glitch. Yeah. Zip. And then she gets a bloody nose as well. Using this game as pretext, partly, she gets Lola too to sort of dares her to give her her password for her account, which is a bit dangerous because she's on a public server at this point. But as soon as she does, she logs in and deletes her I account. I realise everybody's been watching and she's number one. <laughs> and that is the end of the film. Except mum helps her, mum accepts her and is help going to set up a new account. Uh, with some fake idea or whatever. End of movie. Right, so I don't think it is attempted to say paranormal, is it? It's intended to say para-AI, or the, pow- the by the power of AI, could these things happen? But is it metaphorical about something about talent and how big consumes small in an AI world? I don't know. 
it certainly leads some red herrings in the path, doesn't it? Like, I think you're set up to expect that Tinkerboy has got something to do with it. And he's a bit creepy, but I think he's kind of harmless. But in the end, it's all unresolved, isn't it? I, I don't see any resolution here apart from somebody who we've not yet discovered has got some really powerful uh, computer computer software and can mimic people with deep fakery. But but so what? I mean, I mean that's a, that's a realisation, but, but, but where's, the, where's the resolution? Where's... Where's, where's the closure in this? Yeah, you're right. There isn't really a satisfying closure. Paul, what would you do on your cam channel to attract <laughs> the audience? Well, I mean, previously I had a big audience, uh, but they were typically 5 to 11 years old and didn't speak English. Ah. Mostly we would do two-minute kind of Harold or, you know... I would say more Harold Lloyd than Buster Keaton kind of slapstick comedy about several English vocabulary items. Wow. What, would you climb up a clock tower and dangle off the hands of a clock? Uh, we were teaching the word shadow and therefore we had shadows of different animals appearing in a barn and run, running uh, away from shadow puppetry. one we thought was the devil. It just turned out to be a goat. Ha ha ha. Run credits. Uh, what else do we have? We had another one on shadow. Stephen Shadow. Well, I mean, goats are, of course, intimately connected with the devil. Oh, well, they are, yeah. But it gets past the Chinese censor. What was the other one we did? I can't remember stuff like that. Shall I tell you what I imagined your cam channel would be, would be like? I've been on TV twice before. I used to do cable TV about 20 years ago uh, in China. But, uh, I used to have a quick show on that one, local, local cable. Cable was going to be big in China, but never took off after about five years. But whilst it was taking off, I had a local show there. And I was on a Korean educational TV, uh, closed circuit TV, just for six local high schools. I had an audience of 6,000 people every morning. That's it. Really. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I imagined your cam show would be you dressed. Why in... are you imagining me, Richard? I'm getting disturbed about this, but go on, carry on. Well, I imagine you dressed with a cigar in and a moustache, yes, and uh, uh, a short-sleeved oh. baseball uniform, and you would be opening jars with, with very tight lids on, holding the jar quite close to the microphone, so that when you eased it, it open, like piss. You'd, you'd be able to hear the <laughs> yeah of the. So that has got nothing to do with sex, Richard. It's sort of a- ASMR. Paul. And you is know, it's not supposed like, to be sexy, it's not, is it? I, partially. Is it? I think people oh, would wow. enjoy. I mean, I've seen some kind your... of mock ASMR where they're trying to be sexy, but they're not proper ASMR anymore, do you know what I mean? People would enjoy watching your bare forearms as you manipulate the jam jar or the jars. <laughs> the muscles crawling over one another as you do no, that. No, I, mean, I don't know. Some people would find that particularly Sort of coordinated you person. Go to the gym, Paul. You you do tennis. I do that because and... I am not a sporting or naturally co- physically coordinated person. Richard. Shall we score this movie before? No, 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 no. I feel therefore I have to ask, what would your camp show be, Richard? No, I haven't had a choice. You've told me what mine is. Like you're the director of the Big Brother house here, kind of thing. I haven't really given it much thought, but I think my best feature is probably. My legs, probably. <laughs> you never say that. Richard always says he's got stumpy legs. <laughs> uh, so, probably, yeah, I'd probably have to be doing one of those workouts where you sit sit down and you push against that 
that machine oh, to wow. push the weight Richard, thing away. Definitely. That's probably what I'd have to do, yeah. So, yeah, before scores, can we just talk about themes here? You know, the, I, I didn't really get one. I thought I would have liked to schism between who she is and, and who she's meant to be. Maybe that's who the girl is she's looking at, you know. That her online self she no longer recognises but does recognise. But I don't think they're trying to do that. That's not what comes across, is it? Are they just saying, you know, the internet kind of takes you over and you become a different person? I don't think they are really, are they? I mean, there's a sense in which, I suppose, your online persona does take on a life of its own that you can't... Is that it? Is that really the old metaphor they're trying to say here? It would be disappointing if that's all they were saying. There are better ways to do it as well, aren't there? I think they really are talking as, a bit as well, though, about the dangers yeah, of... Yeah, I think it's more about... Deep fake, deep fake and stuff like that. And revenge porn is, is of a similar nature, it is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the idea that as soon as you've taken and shared a pornographic picture of yourself, you know you're not control you're not in control it, of it. It can yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or retweeting how, you know, popular people can take unpopular, you know, lesser-known people's tweets... And make business out of them just by retweeting. Uh, Ooh, Paul, have you been stung by that? No, I wish I was. <laughs> I love Jamie Oliver to look at my air fried air fried potatoes. <laughs> and of course, he'd do better out of it than me. But you you do well piggybacking, don't you? So, so yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's enough analysis. Let's go on to scores. I mean, for all that we said about this, I quite like this movie. You did. You liked it more than me. Oh, I thought you said you liked it too. I didn't mind it. I was pleasantly surprised because it picked up a little bit. For the money, Paul, this was a cracking little film. Yeah. I think. Okay, well, let's just jump in there. How about the acting? Yeah, I thought the acting was pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Madeline, did you say the lead was called? She was called Madeline, yeah. Perhaps some of the guys depicted were a bit broad brushstroke, weren't they? They were. They were all kind of like unhealthy male, weren't they? I'll give it... Six, seven? Seven, okay. Maybe I'll leave it at 5.5. I mean, I felt her anguish. The scare scenes or the gory scenes, you know, she she really put some effort in there. Uh, the first, like, fake suicide, or was it the first, second, the first fake suicide? Cutting her throat. Yeah, I was I was really taken on board, but taken along with that. I was on board for her having just killed herself. Although why so early in the movie, I was always already asking those questions. So I, the acting was convincing. I'm going to give it a 5.5, 2 or 6. I'm not sure which one. Plot? Yeah. Oh, gosh, plot. What do we say about this? I mean, this reminded me very much of another film we saw, Songbird, way back when in lo- uh, lockdown, lockdown days, one. wasn't it? Lockdown version one. And there was another film that was re- related to that, wasn't there, where it was all sort of filmed on people's webcams. There was, yeah, yeah. It had strong echoes of those, but really a self-contained, quite fresh take. Maybe an unsatisfying end would be the big conclusion or big drawback. The plot, yeah, yeah. But let's say a six for the- in terms of uh, de- character arcs and development progression. Yeah, I liked. I didn't like, but you know, I appreciated her descent and her her deterioration and the way she just unravelled. I thought that was really quite convincing, and she went from being, you know, confident for looking girl to somebody quite frazzled who spent her time traipsing across car parks and hanging out in cheap restaurants kind of thing, and became a desperate person. So I thought that descent and transition was was mapped quite well in the plot. I didn't really like the fact we had so much web messaging, you know, which was voluminous and really unfunny, you know, just like four, look at her <laughs> kind of thing. There were minutes and minutes of it. 
And that I thought was a problem with the plot. The third thing That's was what campsites. Are I know, like, but Paul. we just need to, we need we just need a quick glimpse of that. We don't need to, you know, it's it's art. It's not reality. We don't need to understand the reality of that. I don't think we just need to view that from afar very briefly. Uh, and the pings and you know the awful colours on screen and that kind of thing. And then pacing. There was like a middle section. I thought I talked about this. Where she wakes up after after a night in the girls' kind of clubhouse and there's a three and a half minute pan shot from a ceiling where she wakes up <laughs> so maybe they thought oh we need another three and a half minutes of this movie i don't know why it was 95 minutes long some of the pacing i thought was a little bit off and finally you know for me this kind of the ending that suggests things but doesn't really suggest what the suggestions are was too unclear you know if you want to leave it as a cliffhanger what really happened here at least give us two or three strong suggestions about how it could have happened yeah and leave it trailing out there as it was we're left to completely theorize for ourselves about what's going on here uh, even to the extent like is it paranormal or not yeah and I didn't like that. It's like a build your own ending. It is build your own ending, but then you know, self assembly. Some self assembly may be required. Just give us, give us some, give us some, you know, master plans. Give us some architects' copies of something we can build to. Uh, so for all that, I'm going to have to give it a six for plot. Richard, what do you think? I've already done my plot score. Oh, so what was it? six also. Oh. Copycat. Uh, this was a horror movie, so I think we can do. Fear factor. Yeah, I, th- I think some of it was not the kind of, if you like, supernatural or hyper-technological fear of what's going on with this uh, copy girl. It was turning up to dodgy bars and, you know, being around obviously men who were meant to be unsavoury. Like you said, there were too many unsavoury men in this movie. Uh, that, for me, was kind of scary, you know. Uh, sort of su- the suburban isolation of it all. Uh, in relation to her job also. And the horror was fairly convincing, uh, particularly the gore, you know, the smash nose, the fake suicides and all that mm. kind of stuff worked. So this movie is a stronger area of the movie, 7.5. It's creepy, you know, when she starts to encounter this doppelganger online and it's doing things that can't be easily explained. I think that really is creepy. That was, yeah, effective, yeah. And all the more effective because it doesn't have to be paranormal. It could be someone manipulating something and you just don't know that lack of control yeah. was very well put across I think. it was yeah few movies have done it better so i'm gonna give it a seven for fear factor as well and finally how about a sexploitation score <laughs> did it razz your barriers about the whole kind of cam girl industry was it con- was it a convincing portrayal of the milieu that she found herself in i think it was fairly well observed about that whole thing and you know uh, Heaven knows, like, camming has got a lot of things going for it in terms of a safe way of doing sex work, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, obviously, it's quite competitive, though, isn't it? That's a problem. That's why that's why you'd have to work really hard with your jam jar opening idea, Paul, because there'd be a lot of other imaginative ideas. Jam jars and ping-pongs. <laughs> I'll, give it a, I'll give it a six for oh, the... Uh, you can tell a second about my idea, did you? Now you stop. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I didn't just really get... Why she was so big on the rankings. Sure, it might put you forward. She's doing something new, Paul. And some people really like that stuff, apparently. I know. But like the way she was like, oh, I'm number 50. <laughs> like I didn't really get her girlish enthusiasm for being one higher up on the ranking than she was the day before. Like If she's there to get to the top of the rankings, 
she would be more... She'd be counting the dollar, dollar. She'd be counting the dollar, and she'd be more ruthless and less emotionally involved in it. She'd be more detached, kind of thing, rather than schoolgirl glee when she jumped up one one place. And also, the fact that, yeah, I can see how it might... Going up the ranking might get you advancement in the promotional algorithm, or however you want to say that. I'm sure Facebook have a word for that. But again, yeah, I don't know... I think you'd be more focused if you weren't that high up and saying, look, forget the rankings. I'm just going to extract more from the tokens from, you know, the conversations I have with my users kind of thing. And I think you you work your way around it as in that kind of industry thinking, well, it doesn't matter how I make my dollar. I'll just make my dollar the best way that I can. So I wasn't convinced by that, as I've said several times now. But apart from that, yeah, <laughs> uh, we got, uh, you know, a fairly interesting insight into... Into an industry that's fast-moving, energetic, creative, and at times quite sleazy. So, yeah, a 6.5, I think. And overall, then, I would recommend this. I'm going to go a 7. 7, yeah, okay. I'm tempted to go a 7, but I'm going to go 6.5. I did enjoy it, okay. I was a little bit disappointed by the pacing at times uh, and the fact that it has this incongruous, uh, untied knot at the end. Uh, But, yeah, still an interesting movie. And one that's visceral and exciting as well as pricking your thought bulbs. Speaking of visceral and exciting then, Paul, I've got two possible options for next week's Lay them on me. So the first one is a Korean cop drama called Decision to Leave. Decision to Leave. And the second one is an A24 movie, which we sort of skipped. Not another A24. We talked about going to the cinema to see it, but it's available free on Amazon Prime. It's very highly rated. It's the highest grossing A24 movie of all time, I think. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All At No, no, once. just tell me the name of the movie. Don't 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 try and say too much. <laughs> that oh, the that's the name as of you the well, movie. Okay. As you well that's know. God damn. Everything, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. And that's our recent movie. That's from 2022. So, uh, oh, gosh, well, you've really put it on me here. I don't know which one to choose, but I'm going to go for one very quickly. It's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Excellent. That's next week's movie, then. Thank you for listening to this did, week's episode. Do join us for Series 3, Episode 16. 16. Oh, my God. Goodbye from me. It's Sharp and Out. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.